0: Welcome to Sounds Like Autism, the podcast that celebrates neurodiversity by speaking to the people who are helping to create a more inclusive world. Produced by
1: Launchpad 516 Studios with your hosts, Josh Mursky and Dave Thompson. Well, we're finally doing it. We are finally hitting the West Coast. West Coast, we are finally giving you some love.
0: Hi, everybody. How's it going? My name is Dave Thompson. This is Josh. Hi, how are you? And if you haven't been tuning in, we are on a national inclusion tour to find the most inclusive employers and programs and people in the United States of America. Isn't that right, Josh?
1: Indeed, indeed. And I do believe that we have a big one on today, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. And um, so when we talk about neurodiversity inclusion, uh, that's that's usually from our standpoint of talking about blue collar Work and social enterprise, meaning mission-first businesses like our friends at Spectrum Designs Foundation, who we work in close collaboration with, right? But um, the the conversation around neurodiversity employment is much much bigger than that, and um, it's largely around technology and IT and some some really incredible things that Josh and I are not good at, right, Josh? I'm terrible at that
1: stuff. I'm yeah, I'm just really bad.
0: Yeah. I remember your line from from our TEDx. You said, um, "The truth is, I'm really bad at math."
1: <laughs> yeah, like Reba. If I were your accountant, like you'd be in bankruptcy so fast. It's
0: never funny. <laughs> so anyway. Um, that brings me to kind of introducing our guests. So in 2019, I think I've mentioned on the show, I got an incredible opportunity to go to the Autism at Work uh, Summit in, in Florida at the ELS Center. Now it's called the Neurodiversity at Work uh, Roundtable through Disability Inn. But a really, really incredible group of minds are part of that program, including um, our partners at Spectrum Designs Foundation and other social enterprises like Rising Tides Car Wash and our friends at John's Crazy Socks, right? But then some companies you may have heard of, like Google. Ever heard of that, Josh? I think I might have. I'm not You have sure. to go on askjeeves.com and look up Google. You'll see. Um, Is that still a thing, Ask Jeeves? I don't know. Still... Um, then my, people from Microsoft, people from EY, incredible large companies that are doing amazing things in this space, right? And then I met my friend, Jeff Miller. And Josh, I've talked to you about Jeff Miller, right?
1: Yes, all, all the time. We've, he's been talking a lot about Mr. Jeff Miller.
0: Yeah. A so Jeff, Jeff uh, runs a, a, a really cool organization called Potentia. Um, and Potentia is a organization that sets up companies for success in their neurodiversity hiring initiatives. So um, without further ado, I am so stoked on this one.
1: So, without further ado, Mr. Jeff Miller. Jeff, it's great to have you on Sounds Like Autism. Welcome.
0: It is so good to
1: see you,
2: man. Great to be with you guys.
1: It's so good to meet you, Mr. Jeff Miller. I mean, Dave always talks about you and, in his words, the energy. He always talks about the energy, 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 um, that you bring to uh, this uh, industry and uh, things. So, I'm personally very honored to finally meet you. So, um... Can you um please explain to us what is potential and how did it come about?
2: Sure. No, I'm happy to. Uh, Dave, when you and I met, it was it was three years ago, and it, it, in in some ways it seems like three weeks, and in some ways it seems like thirty years. Uh, so much has happened since uh, since since that uh, that really great event that that we had down at the L's uh, at the L Center. But sure, I, I would love to give you a little bit of uh, a background just in terms of our why and how Potentia came to be and, and, then, and, then, uh, and then what we do today. So uh, my background has is, is, uh, been in recruiting uh, and staffing and consulting really over the last couple of decades. I was running a global uh, consulting company and, and the pivot for me that really led me to Potentia, ironically uh, enough, uh, happened at my mom's funeral. Um, so my mom had, had a long bout with Parkinson's and for anyone who knows about Parkinson's it's it's a brutal disease and my heart goes out to anybody who's who's dealing with that or has dealt with that um, so so to the point where when she finally passed it was a relief for her that we knew that she wasn't suffering anymore and uh, we, we knew it was coming um, but still it's your mom it's tough and it's it's one of those events that you you remember it's it's uh, you know, everything about it, you know, uh, you, you remember, I was fortunate enough to give the give the eulogy. Uh, my dad asked me to do that. And, and it was, a, it was a real honor to, to, to do that. But but the event was, my son, Charlie, um, who was, uh, as you know, was diagnosed uh, as autistic um, at, um, at age six. Fast forward, Charlie's 16 now. And Charlie is, I'm looking across the room, after, after the, you know, the, the services has finished and Charlie is comforting my dad. Um, and, you know, in in just a very subtle way, just kind of leaning in and just checking in with his grandfather and how he's doing and what he needs. And, 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 you know, um, and a couple of things hit me, um, um, one that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of and one I'm not that proud of. Um, it, it, it hit me very quickly and, and parents will relate to this, that I've got a young man on my hands and uh, I really need to think about what's, what's gonna, what's, you know, what life's gonna be like for Charlie when he's 26 or 36 and how I can support that the way that we have through his, through his school years. And pretty successfully, thanks to his hard work and, and, and you know, my wife's amazing work and helping to, to sort of figure that out with him. Um, so I realized I needed to up my game in terms of what adult autism was going to look like in Charlie's case. But the second thing I realized, and this is the one that I had to kind of come to grips with, was that I in in some ways, without consciously doing it, I was underestimating my own son. And, and, and that 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 hit me. That hit my heart, right? And that and that for a parent who loves his son like like nothing. You know, I mean, parents again, we'll, we'll relate. We'll do anything for our kids. But, but maybe it was the noise that I was hearing from, from support personnel or school people or something like that. But some of that had started to seep into, seep into me a little bit and it ticked me off. So, so I, I realized that I had an assignment and I had some, some, some anger at myself about that assignment that I knew I needed to really dig in. Now, at the time, I'm running a, a global staffing company um, uh, in the Houston area where we, where we live today. And uh, so this was really just a project as a dad to, to, to figure out what adult autism was looking like today. Certainly my, with my background in employment, I was thinking about what kind of job Charlie would have, but, but other factors as well. Just how was he going to live his best life? And so I, I embarked on a big research project to talk to people overseas, all over the place, um, and, and learned a couple of things that really set potential in motion. Number one was I learned Um, just how big the population is of individuals who are neurodiverse. Um, I learned about neurodiversity more broadly, right? I was really focused on autism, which is really just just one part of the the neurodiverse universe that we all live in uh, and benefit from. Um, The second thing I learned was, and and I'm a business guy, right? So I, I learned just how much businesses were missing this population. So as an example, and this related to my son who, uh, is blessed not to need a tremendous number of supports, but he, you know, he certainly has his challenges as, as well as a, a number of amazing strengths. Um, so he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's going to go to college. Um, and, and, uh, and so this was relevant, this stat was relevant for me, which was, you know, if you're a college graduate and, uh, and you're autistic, you know, you're looking at an 80% unemployment rate. In some cases, 85%. And a lot of those who are employed are underemployed. That just that just offended me as a dad and as a business person that, okay, you can clearly do the work. You got a four-year degree. And and, and you're not able in this market with employment where it is, you're you're at 85% unemployment in some cases. Crazy, right? Um, and then the third thing that I learned was that I started talking to companies that were doing at the time, these autism at work programs that have become neurodiversity work programs. So I, I talked to people who become mentors of mine since at, you know, Neil Barnett at Microsoft and Jose Velasco at, um, at SAP and other folks like that, that had been doing programs for, for, uh, at that, at the time, three, four, five years. And they were telling me about how successful the programs were and how, um, and how impactful they were to, to the bottom line, more innovation, lower retention, you know, skill acquisition. And 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 at some at some, you know, we're talking about knowledge workers here. Um, you know, that also it allows people to make the kind of money that allows them to be financially independent, which was a major motivation for us as, as a business. Um, so I was struck by the success that these companies were having, but then I was struck by how rare their examples were. And, and that ticked me off even more, right? So, so uh, you know, this had grabbed me and this this journey and this research project had grabbed me. I knew I was gonna um, maybe donate to a nonprofit or, but it was really that last piece that, that told me, wow, there's a business here. And there's, there's, a, there's a way that we can leverage the, the, the system that we all, uh, that a lot of us work in, uh, potentially a for-profit, we're a social enterprise, we're mission-based, but we're a for-profit. Um, Maybe there's a way that I can take the skills that I have and put them to use in, in solving this problem, right? Which is really bending that curve of, of unemployment and underemployment for people who are incredibly deserving and just need a fair shot. Um, so that's really how uh how potential came to be. The stars of the show are, are my son, Charlie, who inspired me, and then my wife who let me leave the, the traditional employment side and say, sure, go ahead, do that, do that startup business back in 2019 um, that, you know, very few other people are doing, go, go do that, you know, cause you could see how passionate I was about it.
1: I liked everything you just said. That was all really interesting. But one thing particular stood out for me when you talked about the bottom line, because lots of people, when they think of uh, neurodivergent people or people differences and bring them on board, they don't, they don't really view them as like workers. They view them more as like, you know, a nice little helping hand here or there, but uh, we, we really do contribute. Um, this population is huge. And I think that it's more and more people are kind of discovering that like we're a huge workforce and we can do things which some other people can't do. And like it, we're really something which like employers should look
0: to tap into because it's beneficial um, even financially for the employer. Right. Neurodiversify your organizations. It's in your best interest. And guess what? If you have a sizable organization, especially within certain industries, uh, you already employ a bunch of neurodivergent people. I was in the closet as a neurodivergent person for a very long time. I have ADHD and dyslexia. Uh, I grew up with an IEP. Uh, I grew up in special education classes all my life. Right. And, and, you know, I never necessarily felt like I was in the position to talk about that stuff. Um, but, but. know we love hearing these inception stories as we call them uh because so many exciting things are happening all around the country so it's great to check off texas off the list uh this time um but what there's there's a, a common thread that we see here in really motivated people that don't accept the status quo and don't accept no for an answer whether it's neurodivergent people themselves or really dedicated parents or educators thinkers uh within this space um and and the best companies and organizations uh and projects are coming from from people just like you um so great to have you on the show again jeff thank you but here's kind of a really broad question uh i don't know if josh wants to ask this or i do but i know yeah he has the same i'll do question. it what okay yeah
1: so i'm just up to a- like um, blatantly out
2: there. So what is it that you basically do? Yeah, what do you do? Right. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, maybe I should explain that. Um, so so Potentia does a couple of things. Um, we have an offering that we launched in 2020. Um, and it was before the pandemic. We certainly didn't know the pandemic was coming, but it, 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 it fit with what was going on in the last couple of years. And that was something called Potentia Projects where the candidates that we were finding that were a fit for some small and medium-sized companies that wanted to benefit from neurodiversity would outsource tech and data projects to us and we would hire our own staff to deliver on those projects like any consulting firm would do. Um, but the, but the, 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 the core offering, the one that we launched the company with and the one that's the biggest offering that we have uh, is something called stars, which stands for spectrum training, recruitment, and support. And so that's the primary way that we that we execute on our mission, uh, which is which is to bend that bend that curve and help businesses to run better in the process. right We connect individuals with neurodiverse talent and help them both to be more successful and, 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 and live better lives in the process. So the way that stars works is we spend a lot of time uh, training companies. Because what we found is that I can go out, I can find a candidate, and I can I can shop to find a home for that candidate, and it's really rewarding when we do. So obviously, if we find a candidate and they're a great fit for a company that we know, we'll certainly make that connection. But the core Stars offering says that we want to train, we want to recruit and train companies, and so Stars is is spectrum training, recruitment, and support. So we train the companies on what is neurodiversity. Why is it a business benefit to you? And how can you become more ND friendly? While we're doing that, we're recruiting for pre-established roles for them uh, to, to help them to onboard people, uh, manage individuals who are neurodiverse, and learn from it. And then we support both through a, through a structured process on, on the back end to make sure everybody is, is, is doing well. By the way, we've got, a, we've got 100% retention um, uh, for the lifetime of, of the company in the STARS program. So never had somebody fall out. Um, now, a- I-, 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 I do want to hasten to point out that average retention for neurodiversity programs is 96%. So um, I don't think we can take all the credit for that, but we're, we're, we're definitely proud of that number.
0: This is what's so exciting to me about Potentia. Uh, too often, we're talking about shaping the individual to live inside an existing system whether that be school community life the world of work etc but I'm all about shaping the world to include everybody right and I really am of the belief that everybody benefits when you when you set up everyone for success right um, so training the companies uh, is such a cool largely missing link here uh, because when you, change the companies it's in the the candidate's best interest and it's in the company's best interest as well they're going to get dedicated talent uh, just a pipeline of dedicated talent that's so so exciting um yeah i am have just blown away see i told you josh
1: yeah this is this is like amazing because looking back um as someone who grew up in the 90s um and 2000s such if you were to tell someone that, oh, we're actually going to try and, and succeed of uh, changing the business, this culture to fit, like, that's, you know, I don't think anyone would have believed you uh, or taken you seriously ever again, to be honest. And now that we are actually here, it's just like we've come such a long way and as a society. It's true. It's really amazing. It really is. So the STARS program sounds extremely special. Um, do you mind explaining to us how it really works?
2: Um, so the stars program is really the majority of the way that we, we work. And, and the idea there, the fundamental idea there is if you take a company from curious to competent on neurodiversity, then you're going to get deals in bunches. You're going to get, once they get it, they're going to keep coming back to you. And we've seen that, uh, be the case for a lot of times they'll start with us in it roles, Um, And we could talk about the reasons why. Uh, But if they've got a legitimate business problem that they're trying to solve there, we'll we'll work with them on that. Most of our roles are white collar, um, in part because we saw um, that there was a real gap there. A lot of the nonprofits and a lot of the, the government agencies in our area were focused on just get folks jobs, which I get. But that resulted in sort of lowest common denominator jobs, you know, at or around minimum wage. And we were looking at candidates that, that, that could really make a, a, a bigger impact and be paid accordingly. So our average salary last year was 76K for, for, for starters. So, you know, that can be life changing for somebody and their family if they've been making minimum wage or been unemployed for the last two years. We had a, a gentleman who was unemployed uh, for about 18 months, has uh, gone, gone through our program, is on the leadership track with the company that he's working with now. And he just bought his first house. Right. So those are the stories that keep you going when you find when you find those things Um, and uh, when you're when you're a small part of those things. But 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 stars is really the core offering in terms of what we do. So it's spectrum training, recruitment and support. Spectrum comes from 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 the autism spectrum language that we started with. We like the stars brand, so we've stayed with it, although it's very much become more of a neurodiversity program. Um, so it's not just autism that we're talking about, but it's really connecting companies with 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 great talent across the 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 neurodiverse spectrum.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, look, you said this individual got a house. That is that's not a small thing for anyone. It's really it really does show that like things like this really do change folks' lives and in a drastic way, not just like a little way. And the, these are like permanent changes, which then set people up for a lifetime kind of success. Oh, and it's just, it's amazing. I know I literally just said this, but it's the only thing I can think of, like, again, as someone who grew up back then, to think this would actually happen, and to the scale it's happening, to the scale. I mean, this is happening all over. It's just, it's, it's wonderful. I mean... I I would love like I wish the world was like this when I was growing up. It'd be so much easier for me. So this is great.
0: Yeah. And and Josh, I think you touched on something really uh special here. It is incredibly impactful for the individual, right? But yeah. And that that's that's somewhat obvious, right? It's it's such a, a cool story to hear about a company like Potentia and big companies uh giving people opportunities that have lacked opportunities historically. But what about jeff the benefits to everyone else so in in our in our talk that josh and i gave a couple years ago we talked about something called the curb cut effect so those cuts Mm -hmm. in the curb were invented were invented in the 1970s and weren't made federal law until 1990 until the americans with disabilities act uh came into law right those cuts in the curb meant for wheelchairs it took an entire massive social movement Uh, starting in Berkeley, California, I believe, for those to become law or to even exist, right? Um, So it it was a a rough process. And then now who benefits from curb cuts? I do. Jeff, you probably do all the way out in Texas. Josh, I know you do. I've seen it for myself. The Amazon delivery guy, people with strollers, uh, people that are partying in downtown Nashville, um, you know, that might have fallen off the curb if there wasn't a cut there, right? So there are so many additional effects when we make efforts to include people who are different from us. So my question to you, Jeff, is how, does, how, how do other employees and how does workplace culture benefit from building businesses around neurodiverse
2: thinkers? Absolutely. No, you bet. And, and I love your analogy, uh, or I love your example rather, um, of, of the cut curb effect, I knew what it was. I didn't. I wasn't sure what you meant by that phrasing, but you know, once you explained it, of course. And we use analogies like that when we're talking to companies, because the the visible disabilities that people have um, are are, are uh, and, and I want to I want to be clear: we don't consider neurodiversity a disability, but a lot of the companies that we work with still have that antiquated thinking, and we have to meet them where they are to help them move off that. So when I use that term, I want to I I explain what I, what I mean there. We know our audience, right? And our audience is used to dealing with the, 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 the old accommodations and, and, and disability kind of framework. And most companies haven't really come up with a, a good way to, to embrace neurodiversity because it's something different. Right. It's just it's just individuals who walk around with different operating systems. It's not better or worse. It's not a disability, may have some challenges with it, but has massive strengths that come with it. So who's the disabled person? Right. We have that conversation with our customers and they're able to see that. But we use the example of the of the of the, of the, the wheelchair ramp, right? And we say, you know, if, if you had a a, 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 a a an applicant who wanted to get into your building and couldn't because they were in a wheelchair and you didn't have a wheelchair ramp. That's your problem. That's your problem as a business, right? Your business isn't designed to be able to accommodate that individual. So when you think about neurodiversity and sometimes some of the differences are a little bit more subtle, we do use that analogy again, because we, we, we're, we know our audience and we know where they're coming from, right? Um, but we would say, why wouldn't you look at the design of how you interview, how you onboard, how you mentor, how you manage, right? And 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 look at the design of what you do there to make sure that it's inclusive in the same way that you would for someone who happens to need a wheelchair ramp, right? Um, while we don't use um, you know disability language when we're talking about neurodiversity because we don't believe in it in that context, we find that some of those examples can be helpful for customers who are used to that 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 kind of framework. So we 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 you know we 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 will use that in that in that. In, in, in service of that argument when, when, when our audience, when we know where our audience is kind, of, is kind of coming from, right? Cause a lot of what we do is change management. It's, it's helping a company to move. Now they, they may be curious, but they're going to have to change some things. They're not going to have to turn their business on its head. They're going to have to change some really common sense things um, to, to, to be more indie friendly. And, and to your other, your other question, Dave, when they do, uh, the data is incontrovertible that it benefits every employee. So when you uh, when you have a really good onboarding program that's really specific and really lays out the the, the expectations, that's 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 really critical for for someone who's neurodiverse uh, to understand. Tell me what you want from me, right? Don't don't leave it vague, right? Tell me what you you know. I, our community is is you know they want to do great work but some, sometimes the you know the the message is not always translated well right it's 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 vague it's it's not specific it's you know so so be specific in your onboarding about exactly what you expect somebody to do well you know and and have a good onboarding program maybe assign mentors right? That are going to help individuals to ramp because our managers today have more direct reports and more to do than they've ever had before. So good mentoring and good onboarding programs are good for everybody. They benefit everybody of any neurotype, right? You, you, they're, they're just, people are going to do better. They're going to, they're going to feel more supported. They're going to be more productive. Uh, they're likely to stay longer, Um if some of those basic things are, are, are put in place. So, so you know, the, the, we, um, we rely very much on the data, right? We, 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 we have a blend where our training is, is almost majority ND-led, right? So a manager is gonna hear from someone who's neurodiverse themselves, who's not speaking for every neurodiverse person out there, but is giving that perspective of saying, okay, I know you've used this job description for 20 years and I get it, but let me tell you why for me, I wouldn't apply to your job based on how it's written, right? And that first-person account is really helpful. I can tell them the mechanics of it, right? But I'm a parent. I'm not a neurodiverse, you know, I'm not a neurodistinct individual myself. So, um, you know, having that first-person account is really helpful. Having the data to back it up is, is, is essential as well. And, and a lot of the data that we that we talk to is not just about, hey, this is going to benefit this new hire that we're going to help you to, to, um, to identify. It's going to benefit your entire workforce.
0: It is so cool to hear about this kind of, of template and this kind of setup uh, to encourage neurodiverse employment nationally and internationally. Um we, we study a lot of programs we come from a certain program that caters to a certain population of people in a certain place um and we've talked to dozens and dozens of of people from programs all across the country never one like this and they're all different and they're all different for a reason and we're we all have so so much to gain from each other uh so it, it's really interesting to hear about we'll be right back
2: This is John and Mark Cronin from John's John's Crazy Socks. Socks. And we're interrupting to say we hope you're enjoying this episode, but please make sure to check out our show, The Spreading Happiness Podcast, another great show produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. New episodes are available every week on all your favorite podcast platforms. Join us on our new podcast as we continue our mission, Spreading Happiness. Thank you, folks.
1: You're listening to Sounds Like Autism with your hosts, Josh Mursky and Dave Thompson. Produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. So can you give us a specific example of a company that you worked with? And how it actually benefited the company itself by working with you.
2: Sure, sure, happy to. Uh, and again, we're really proud of that retention number, right? Because these are for-profit companies; they're going to keep people because they do great work. So, you know, all credit to to the to the individuals that we've been able to identify and the work that they've done. Um, But, but, you know, we're so proud to be batting a thousand percent in terms of, you know, everybody that we've we've placed is still with the company and and doing well. And and that that to me is um, is is, uh, you know, the the biggest evidence that we can give. The stars program is designed to give uh, a customer three things. Right. At the end of a stars program, a customer is going to have great talent that they likely would not have had before that's on the ground that's working for them. Right. They're going to have a set of customized best practices that allow them to continue the program, to do neurodiversity hiring, um, you know, to, to, to be an indie friendly organization going forward and hopefully to scale that. Uh, and then the third thing is measurables. So we survey the, the, the managers and the team and the, you know, anybody who's going to be part of that pilot program on a number of factors. You know, how well does the manager communicate? How would you rate psychological safety, the ability to speak up, the ability to disagree? Right. How innovative are you? Right. Um, you know, the manager manager respects different points of view, different things like that. Um, and then we surveyed them after the program. So we, you can see the impact of the program beyond just hiring, you know, five or six great people, let's say, in a, in a, in a, you know, a decent sized pilot. Um, so so those 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 best practices and those metrics are then tools, in addition to the examples about the individuals who have uh, who've come in and done great work to say, hey, let's expand this right we have figured out how to do this in our environment, and one of the things that I learned from my mentors. Um, you know, the the Microsofts and the SAPs of the world are great examples because they're both global software companies and they both had programs for a number of years and their programs are very successful and their programs are very similar, but they're not identical, right? They're not identical. And the reason is because they're different companies. They have different cultures. And so our approach is always to go to a company and understand where they are today. What processes do they have that they really like? that could be really indie friendly, that we don't need to change a thing? What are the ones that we need to tweak, right? And again, a a business doesn't need to stand on its head to be able to do this. A lot of the stuff is common sense, but but we'll help them to be able to to, to figure out what that looks like in their environment, because at the end of the day, it's their neurodiversity program, and we wanna help them stand it up and make it highly scalable. so those are the things that we deliver every time. The other thing that happens every time we do this that I, I want to make make note of, and, and is and it's really um, it's really impactful, is the number of individuals who are with that company, who are let's say mid career, who disclose as a direct result of the program. It happens every time. So we had an individual who uh, was an executive. Um, part of the leadership team of a, of a Fortune 100 company. She disclosed in our training to her team for the first time. I mean, that's just a, that's just an incredibly powerful thing. When it happens, I was there to see it. And the support that she got coming back to her was immense. But think about it. She'd been with a company for eight years, maybe seven, eight years. And she'd made the calculus, obviously, that it wasn't worth it for her to disclose until she saw, one, that the company was making you know, tangible steps to actually walk the walk and have a program like ours in place. And number two, she heard those first person accounts from, from individuals on my team. And she said, I just can't stay silent anymore. I need to, I need to come forward and I need to do this. And it changed, it's changed. It was already a good team, to be fair, but it's changed that team. And that team has just, just propelled forward in amazing ways. Um, I, I had another individual who's a CIO, uh, who said to me, you know, he called me out of the blue. And we run a program in one of his departments. And he said, Jeff, I just wanted to call and thank you. And I said, I said sure, why? Uh, well, Tell me what happened. And he said, well, he said, I've always had a reputation as a bit of a hard ass. And I'm a bottom line guy, don't get me wrong. We're, we're, we're in a for-profit business, we've got to deliver results. But he said, thanks to your program, um, I've had half a dozen people that have individually come to me privately and have disclosed that they're neurodiverse. And it's given me the opportunity to really practice that person-centered leadership that you guys preach that I always believed in, right? But it it gave me the opportunity to show them that I care, right? Now, I'm still a bottom-line guy. You still got to deliver for me but it gave me a chance to show that other side of myself as a leader. And I never would have had that opportunity if, if you guys hadn't come forward with this program at this time. Now, I don't know how you um, you know quantify that in terms of the measurable impact of that beyond the, the, the things that I've already laid out, but there's no question that these are, these are culture changers that uh, impact the whole company. And those are just a couple examples.
0: Yeah. So just like I was saying before, Jeff, I mean, uh, when you come with with a a culture of honesty and disclosure and openness and empathy and understanding, uh, everyone, everyone really benefits. And I never felt more seen or more heard uh, when people were understanding of my brain Um, that that was such a moment for me personally, professionally, emotionally. Um, And you actually had something to do with being inspired by that, because that's when it happened, when we hung out back in fall 2019. Uh, So it's cool to come full circle and have this kind of deep dive with you.
1: No, I I completely agree, man. I completely agree. So can you um, tell us a story about um, a participant and how they've benefited from um, being part of the program you are?
2: Absolutely, no, you, you bet. And, and I, 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 and I, just just to follow up on the, on the the earlier point, you know, for us, disclosure disclosure is an incredibly personal decision, right? So so it, it's it's you know we celebrate it, you know, when someone feels compelled to disclose. Um, we think in a in a supportive environment, we think that's a great thing, but we also understand that it's a personal decision, and everyone everyone you know makes you know makes their own, and and and, and we fully support that. Um, in in terms of the benefit to the individuals, I I think one of the things that I would say is that, um, part of our philosophy and all the credit goes to the individuals, but I think our, 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 I like our philosophy on this is that, um, you know, some people that we've seen, um, especially who have adult diagnoses of neurodiversity, um, are, are then, are then, you know, with that, with that definition are then sort of, you know, whether it's formally or informally are, are, are sort of taught that, okay, this is where you are. Right. So, so now that you've defined this aspect of yourself, this core aspect of yourself, does that mean that that's where you're going to be for the rest of your life, you know, in terms of development and other, in other ways. And, and, and we radically reject that. Because the neurodiverse people on my team, the neurodistinct people on my team radically reject that, right? You, you know, there's no reason why an individual who's diagnosed at 21 can't continue to grow and prosper and learn new things and and become better at at X, Y, and Z, just like a neurotypical person who's 21, right? They have long careers a- ahead of them. Um, so, so I think, you know. We, and we talk about this when we talk to the clients. We'll say one of the client um, perspectives that we get sometimes that we've started to see, and we guard against, is sometimes when you learn something new, if if you if you learn that that um, you know if you learn about a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? And and what I mean by that is is you know when someone when some, when a, when, a, when we train a company on neurodiversity. And 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 they learn a we, they learn a lot right. The tendency is then to think sometimes okay. Well, I know Joe is uh, autistic, so he's going to respond this way. And it's like no 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 no. No, we've given you some information with which you know, th- and, and we want you to learn that with which to have a perspective on on um, you know how a lot of people who happen to be neurodiverse may respond. But that doesn't mean that individual who's working for you is going to respond that way. So, you know, we say we say learn the lessons, lose the label. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's about that individual, um, you know, who, 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 you know, may be going through some things at home or may have different things that are going on or may just rep- their, 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 their uh, neurodiversity may just show up in a different way than somebody else. So you've got to be got to practice that person centered leadership. Right. But to your point, the, the, the one that uh, or, or one of the ones that, that that I think of is there's an individual who um, applied to, to a position that we had for, for a big corporation here in Texas. And, and we scheduled a meeting. And this was about three years ago. And we, we, we met at a Starbucks and uh, this individual brought his mom, um, brought his caseworker um, and they did almost all of the talking. And he would not look me in the eye, which was fine, right? But he was clearly very anxious and, and very, um, you know, uh, challenged in this new environment. Fast forward, he, he's and, and he's brilliant, but he just, you know, that was his communication style at the time. Um, and um, you know, fast forward um, uh, a year, a year later, he's he's uh, he's working full time at one of the uh, one of the you know, the big companies here in, in town and he's on the leadership track. He's going to be leading people and really has kind of come into his own and, and, and feels that confidence. And, you know, cause a lot of times, a lot of our folks have, have, you know, past traumas from past experiences where they've just, they've, they've just felt like a, a square peg in a round hole through no fault of their own, but they're working for companies that have no idea how to support them. And they're just hitting up hitting a, a a brick wall and it wears on them. And, 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 you know, that trauma is real. And, and so a lot of times that's, you know, that's, that's what's coming forward. This individual uh, technically was brilliant, but, but stepped into a leadership role. And I remember, I remember there was a, there was a, uh, uh, there was a conference that I had spoken at the year before and they, they, they um, uh, reached out to me the following year and asked if I knew any speakers who'd be interested and i immediately thought of this individual and i thought i wonder if you know and without hesitation he was like oh yeah i'll do that and 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 spoke to hundreds of people and and kept the audience uh, absolutely wrapped the entire time right now now if if what was comfortable for him was that was that lack of eye contact and that you know and, and that's how he wanted to communicate going forward fair enough right but but the idea that that you know as a as a 20 something um, that's where he had to stay, we reject utterly, right? You know, he, he has the potential to grow uh, and learn and, and evolve and gain confidence and see how that feels to him, um, just like anybody else. And, and so, you know, I, I'm constantly, you know, uh, reminded and rewarded when I see these examples uh, of individuals that, what, you know, okay, you, you got a diagnosis, but why on earth would we say that? that, that that's not the end. That's the beginning. Right. That's the beginning of, of and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. But but, you know, my my feeling on it is that's the beginning. I mean, that's 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 going to aid you in, in understanding yourself and then figuring out how you want to how you want to thrive and how you want to impact the world and, and, and do great things. Um, but sometimes I think people think that, OK, you know, now that I've got this label that 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 that, you know, that defines who this person um, is, and is going to be. And, and we just utterly reject that.
1: That's wonderful. I'm really exciting. I wonder what the future is going to be for, for neurodivergent employment. I think it's going to be really cool. It's looking great so far.
0: Yeah. I feel like we're living in the future. So much happening so fast in this space. Um, that, that actually kind of reminds me of, of a, of a question. I don't know how to frame this, but so what, what's the, What's our end game here for companies like Potentia who are, uh, you know, solving this problem and, and, you know, closing this employment gap for so, so many people. It reminds me there's this great advertising campaign for some dating app. I think it's like hinge or Bumble or something like that, where they say the whole point, the, our goal is to close. Our goal is to not, is to put ourselves out of business because once we get all these couples together or whatever, we won't need an app like this. So, that that's kind of what I picture uh for our end game is like we won't need you know no offense Jeff but we won't need companies like Potential you know what I mean we want to make the world so inclusive that this is just commonplace right and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth Jeff but what is what's what's the ideal future look like to you right and is it that companies like Spectrum Designs Foundation and Potential aren't needed anymore
2: Sure. No, great question. The way that I would answer that would be to take you on a typical uh, corporate client journey for us. So when we start with a company and they're curious and they want to know more and maybe they've done some things around diversity and inclusion initiatives in the past, um, but they've certainly got some pain points around human capital. They've got some pain points that, they're, that, are, that are helping to drive this decision in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in addition to wanting to be more inclusive, right? But it's, it's normally the marriage of those two, right? We wanna be more inclusive and we've got some real pain points here. And if you can help us solve that in a way that helps us to be more inclusive, fantastic, right? So we're talking with the individual who's in HR, someone who's in recruiting, someone who's in DNI. We're also talking with someone who's a CIO or a CFO or someone who's running that, that side of the, of, of the business and is living every day with the pain, the pain points of, I can't find enough talent. I can't keep enough talent. You know, uh, my talent isn't in, as engaged as, as, you know, I would like them to be. Um, you know, my managers aren't communicating as well, um, or we don't seem to be getting the results or any number of these things that neurodiversity can really help, Right. Um, so it's that mix of, of, of you know knowing that that um, you know at, sort of at a, at a broad in, in, a, in a broad way that inclusivity helps a business to run better, be more profitable, right? And then a specific area where we can target it. Now a lot of people will start with us in IT, and I mentioned this earlier. And I think part of that is 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 because it's a legitimate pain point. There just aren't a, there isn't enough tech talent out there, right? Um, part of it maybe because they've seen Big Bang Theory and they think that you know all individuals who are who are neurodiverse are, are are stem, right? And we quickly disavow them of that, and we let them know. Listen, we've got more candidates in our database that are non-stem than our stem. But if you've got a real pain point here, let's 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 address that. Let's do a pilot in IT if that's where you need us to be. And but let's be intentional about the fact that the next one that we do is going to be somewhere else, right? Um, now again, most of the work that we do is in the white collar space. It's office jobs. A lot of them are remote now, but they're still working in offices. Um, and that's as much a function of the fact that we're still a young company, we're still growing, and we had this we had to pick a lane, right? And 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 the lane that I saw that wasn't being serviced was that lane of those individuals who could be making 70, 80K, right, but weren't getting those opportunities. They're working a, a call center for for minimum wage or, or something, you know, like that with a four-year degree, right? Ridiculous. Um, and so that was the, that was the niche that we wanted to fill. And we're continuing to, to, to fill that, fill that consistently. And then the next time we work with a, with a company, if they like us and, and, and we've got, you know, hundred percent retention among all our customers is in addition to the retention that we have among our, among the the individuals that we've placed, they keep coming back to us and saying, help us over here, help us over there. Right. And, and in that way, they are learning how to be, um, uh, ND, ND, uh, Fluent and friendly across the enterprise, right? And and you remember what I said before. Every program we do is customized because we're meeting the company where they are in terms of their hiring practices and their best practices. And so the idea is that at the end of the day, not only right, we're helping them to build what's going to be their neurodiversity program, right? And they'll have a, an NDERG, and you know, but as and 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 they'll expand what they do, and and they'll grow, and we'll help them to do that. But ultimately, the goal is not that they have to have an ND program. I mean, I mean, the ERG is great, right? And the ERG is for different groups to make sure that they feel heard and they, they can, they can you know, um, talk candidly and connect with each other. I think companies have a huge uh, opportunity and really responsibility to support that kind of thing. But from a hiring perspective, ultimately, this should just become part of the wallpaper, right? This should just become part of what you do. You're, you're an nd friendly organization. So if someone discloses, you know how to handle that. If you're doing college recruiting, you know, you, you, you have a process that's designed to accommodate that. If someone discloses and they say, Hey, I need an accommodation for this interview, you know how to handle that. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, it should really become just part of your human capital strategy that you've, that you've, that you've implemented and is allowing you to, you know, beat your competition that doesn't have that because you're accessing and optimizing for 25% of the population. And if you've got a competitor that's not, you're going to beat them every day of the week. So, so that's my view of, 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 of where we're headed. And yeah, it's the kind of that idea, Dave, like you said, that ultimately we should work ourselves out of a job and we've got a lot of work to do to get there, but, um, ideally that's, that's what happens.
1: All right, so can you tell us, how would someone support you? How do they follow you and like all that stuff?
2: You bet. So so in terms of getting in touch with us, the best way to do it, uh, my name's Jeff Miller. Uh, I'm the CEO. Uh, you can email me directly, jeff.miller at potentialworkforce.com. You can also email uh, info at potentialworkforce.com. You can check out our website, potentialworkforce.com. And, uh, um, and and learn more about what we're doing. Uh, we're building a, a neurodiversity talent community because we know we can't employ and our customers can't employ everybody um, that needs um, uh, you know meaningful employment but we want to help in that process So we're, we're loading assets and it's all free for the neurodiverse community. We'll be loading more assets in there. So how do you write a resume? How do you deal with a difficult boss? And on and on, right? Um, and, and, and also, how do you how do you make community with other folks that are you know that are uh, maybe facing similar challenges? Um, opportunity to mentor to be mentored. These are a lot of things that we're building. And and as we do more stars programs, that finances our ability to be able to create something like this and, and offer it for free. Um, so you can reach out to us, uh, you know, in any of those ways. We're on all the all the social media platforms, so you can check us out, you know, uh, on on any of those. And if you know a company that that uh, is curious and you think they'd benefit from being competent, let us know. Or uh, and by the same token, an individual that's uh, that's that's looking to, um, you know, looking to 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 really take that next step in their career, um, we, we'd love to talk to them as well.
0: All right, Jeff, we have taken up more than enough of your time. Uh, but hopefully this helps spread the word about potential and about what's possible, about the potentials, right? Uh, so thank you so, so much, Jeff, and come back anytime.
2: Yeah, please do. Thank you. Thanks. Really enjoyed it. Uh, great talking with you guys and uh, look forward to doing it again. What do you think, Josh? I think it's awesome. It's really amazing. Like
1: I've said before that we, we are where we are as a society that this type of stuff exists.
0: It's really, pretty really cool. Right. And this is the whole point of our inclusion tour, right? Is to discover why there are so many different kinds of programs and what they're doing and best practices and, and just share uh, knowledge of, of incredible minds like Jeff's on the show. So I'm really happy to do it and happy to check off Texas off our, our big list.
1: Indeed. For our listeners, I just made like an air check. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, obviously you saw it. So um,
0: yeah. Yeah, and look, look, I have this button. Maybe every time we, uh, every time we accomplish one, we could go. (coughs) Texas is off the list.
1: Wait, where did you get that? Looks like the Staples button.
0: Right. Yeah. I. I, You can buy everything on Amazon. (coughs) Cool, right? That's pretty neat. All right, cool. So, Josh, where can they listen? Where can they find us? Where can they support us?
1: Well, I wanted to say they can find the coolest hacks. The coolest shirts, uh, and that stuff on sounds Now all of our merchandise is actually made, um, by folks on the spectrum. So you are by buying it, you're supporting not just sounds like autism, but you're also supporting employment people on the spectrum. So you're doing a two for one. So you can feel doubly good about yourself when you get that compliment. Wow. That's a nice hat. Or wow. That's a nice shirt. Because I guarantee you, you will.
0: That's for sure. Yeah. It, purpose driven products. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for that. And obviously check out, uh, sounds like Autism.com, uh, at sounds like Autism on Instagram, on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to, uh, continuing this journey with you all. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening. All right. Bye. bye.
1: Thanks for tuning into the show. Sounds Like Autism
0: is brought to you by Launchpad Five One Six Studios, executive produced by George Andriopoulos. The SLA theme song is by me, Dave Thompson. Other music and sound effects are licensed through Epidemic Sound. Sounds Like Autism is hosted with Podbean. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available. And leave us a five-star review, please, 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 on Apple Podcasts while you're at it. Follow us at Sounds Like Autism on Instagram and Facebook please visit us at www.soundslikeautism.com to learn more about us and to support us through our merch store and more. It's a great website. Make
1: sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad
0: 516 Studios. Thank you so much.